catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Monday morning, March 21st. I'm Violet Comber Weiland, and this is The Point from WUFT News. The Gainesville Police Department recently started its One Community Initiative, and as WUFT's Tyler Carmona tells me, the program will continue even amidst leadership changes. Here's Tyler. Um, it was an initiative that was rolled out in October by the police department, and it just had kind of a whole, um, you know, array of plans. You know, some of it was the gun buyback program, another was the to implement like violence disruptors into the community, kind of just a way to combat violence as a whole. Um, however, just the problem was presented, I guess, when, you know, the police chiefs were changed. Now, was there any speculation from the community that this initiative would not continue despite changes in the police chief? was really no indication that it was going to be, you know, deaded, that the program was going to stop. However, there just was some confusion because it was, um, you know, Tony Jones's initiative himself, and he was the one who, you know, presented it at the commission meeting and kind of seemed like he tailored it and put a lot of effort into it. So just wanted to, you know, see what, where the communication lied between him and, you know, now Lonnie Scott. And I see you spoke to some other people in the story on the Gainesville Police Advisory Board. Can you talk a bit about this? You know, rather than speaking to the, you know, people who were claiming that this, you know, the plan was going to be implemented, I actually wanted to speak to the, you know, who they said they were going to be working with. So I reached out to Fareed Johnson. He was part of the police advisory council because, you know, that was part of the promise, you know, more of an interaction with the community. And he did confirm that they have been meeting, um, you know, going, going over crime statistics and also just going over general ideas um, to go about this, you know, issue. Some of it, like I said, was like an apprentice program. But, you know, at this point, they're kind of just bouncing ideas off of each other. But it is encouraging to see if they have, you know, started that and moved forward with the idea. I also see that you included some crime statistics in your story. Can you tell me a little bit about those? Yeah, well, what I came across, which, um, you know, originally I actually had written about the topic in October um, when the initiative was rolled out. And what jumped out to me was that by just by August, you know, before the year had actually completed, the amount of calls for shootings had doubled in 2021 compared to 2020. And, you know, that was maybe halfway through the year. So that, you know, it's obviously very alarming. So that, I think it was, you know, 35, you know, there was already 35 calls of shootings by August of 2021 compared to 17 total in 2020, which is, you know, I mean, that's a pretty significant uh, jump. So that was, to me, that was definitely the stat that stood out the most. You also spoke to an adjunct lecturer about crime in Gainesville and how this initiative aims to curb violent crimes from happening. What did she tell you? So she was actually very insightful. She was more than happy to help. We spoke for almost an hour um, about the, just the general topic. And, you know, to her, I, you know, obviously it's hard, it's hard to really speculate what specifically is going on in the community of Gainesville because every you know, community differs when, they're, when you go to the root cause of crime. Um, however, we just kind of talked about human nature and how the pandemic has brought upon this, you know, jump of crime almost throughout the country. It's not just Gainesville. So that's, you know, that is one thing that you can kind of zoom out and notice that it's not just this community. Everybody else is being affected by this. And it's kind of, yeah, like a fight or flight mentality that some people are faced with right now, especially in like impoverished communities. That was WUFT's Tyler Carmona on Gainesville Police Department's One Community Initiative. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. 
A new law is affecting searches for new Florida University presidents. Following a bill signed by Governor Ron DeSantis last week, personal information about applicants for top jobs at colleges and universities will be omitted until near the end of searches. According to News Service of Florida, this went into effect immediately, as five Florida universities, including the University of Florida and the University of South Florida, are currently searching for new leaders. Supporters of the law argue that it will help schools attract candidates who might otherwise not apply due to their employers finding out about their application. The law also provides a public meetings exemption for searches until finalists are determined. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention lifted indoor masking recommendations last week for all Florida's counties. According to the Palm Beach Post, 10 of Florida's 67 counties were still classified as high threat to hospitals due to the virus last Thursday, but were since downgraded to medium risk areas. Florida's death toll sits at over 72,000 residents, a 732-person increase from what the state recorded on March 11th. This is the eighth week in a row that the statewide fatality rate was over 500. However, Florida's total case rate increased by just over 8,000 since March 11th, which is the smallest one-week hike since Thanksgiving week. The state budget and hundreds of bills are awaiting the governor's signature as the 2022 legislative session wraps. According to ABC Action News in Tampa, lawmakers passed the largest budget in state history during the session, coming in at $112 billion. K-12 education is getting a large part of this funding, provided that they follow the governor's mask mandate ban last year. Other bills may stay and go, depending on what DeSantis vetoes. Some other measures that may change include the recent 15-week abortion ban, restrictions on critical race theory education, and the Don't Say Gay bill. Other issues, like high property insurance rates and congressional redistricting maps, may require attention before the 2023 legislative session as well. In the Russia-Ukraine conflict, many women are volunteering to fight, and history suggests that they always have. According to NPR News, women are not included in martial law that encourages Ukrainian men aged 18 through 60 to fight. However, Ukrainian women have been serving in combat longer than American women, with some of the first women fighting in World War I. Women started listing in Ukrainian armed forces in large numbers after Russia's 2014 invasion of Ukraine and were then officially recognized as combat veterans with military pensions. This information comes as the Russia and Ukrainian conflict escalates. In the latest update from NPR News as of Sunday, Russia has bombed an art school sheltering about 400 people, Ukraine has urged Israel for more support, and Australia is banning the export of some types of ore to Russia. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Violet Cooper-Wylan, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Monday.